You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Shepherd in two acts. Act one, America and Italy. During college and grad school, I lived in Italy off and on for a total of about three years, and except for a brief drive into Canada, my, my first trip to Italy was the first time I had spent really any time outside of the U.S. And I remember that when I got to my house in Italy, the first thing I did was walk around and stare at the light switches the electrical sockets and the doorknobs. They were so different. All the light switches were wide and flat, and the doorknobs were, well, they weren't even really knobs. They were more like handles. I was mesmerized by how different the most basic things were. Yet, upon a closer inspection, they were also exactly the same. Those weird light switches, they turned the lights on, those odd door handles, they rotated and the doors opened. Life in Italy, though it looked so different on the surface, was the same as it was in America. However, this was like news to me. The evangelical Christian landscape in which I was raised instilled into me you know, really strong messages about the exceptionalism of the United States. This is the only truly free country in the world. It's clearly the best country in the world. So seeing those light switches and door handles was the beginning of a deeper revelation for me that though America is special, we're no more special than any other people on the earth. That God doesn't bless nations or political ideologies or economic systems. Instead, that God blesses people, all people, and in today's gospel, Jesus confronts a similar blend between religion and nationalism. At the beginning of our reading, it's winter, and Jesus is in the temple during the Feast of the Dedication, which is Hanukkah. Um, P.S., I thought it was weird that we were reading about winter and Hanukkah right after Easter, uh, until I saw the forecast. <laughs> I was like, uh, this uh, uh, lectionary was tailor-made for Colorado. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Hanukkah is much more of a political, national holiday than a religious one. Especially during Jesus' day, it was pretty was new. And it celebrated the Jewish people retaking the temple after it had been occupied by forces from Iran. And these Jewish guerrilla warriors, many of whom were shepherds, stormed the temple and restored the Jewish religious practice. Therefore, Jesus, on this most patriotic holiday stands before a crowd of fierce patriots who want him to be this divine reincarnation of those same shepherd patriots. 
He stands in the very place that shepherd warriors restored the honor of the Jewish people, and he calls himself a shepherd, but a shepherd of a different order. This is a shepherd whose sheep hear his voice, rather than the call to their particular ethnic or religious plan for the world. It's a new, expansive vision of God's people, detached from the specific hopes and dreams of a particular nation or a particular ethnicity. You know, it's as if Jesus is standing in front of the U.S. Capitol on the 4th of July and refuses to chant, God bless America. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus says. Not the voice of the Constitution or the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. Not the voice of capitalism, socialism, democracy, or free market economy. The Good Shepherd is bad news for all these things, for nationalism and ethnocentrism, exceptionalism, for all the ideas we go to as have-tos or musts. But the Good Shepherd is good for the whole world. The whole world. As the vision from Revelation tells us, Christ's sheep are a great multitude that no one could count from every, na from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages. And when we gather around the altar every week, we pray that through this kingdom meal we will be gathered into one body. And for me, as our country appears more and more fractured, it's good news to remember that empires will come and go, but that God is always in the business of building a new heaven and a new earth which shall never pass away. Act 2, the interpretation of dreams. I'm a really vivid dreamer, and uh, so is my mother, who happens to be here today. Um, we have crazy dreams. And at various times, I've kept dream journals to help me make sense of them. But lately, my partner Brian has also helped me jog my memory. Because my dreams often involve me shouting out bizarre things in the middle of the night. <laughs> bizarre things that he loves to tell people at parties. <laughs> so one morning this past year, Brian looks at me and says, gleefully, guess what you said last night? <laughs> Like, what this time? So you sat up in bed, looked at me, and said, Booyah, that's Jesus. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. You know, I've obviously found a lot of humor in this. <laughs> but believe it or not, you might think I'm crazy, but as I was wrestling with this with today's gospel reading, I found a, a deeper meaning in this experience that I have. A, a connection with the gospel today in which Jesus says that his sheep are those who hear his voice. You know, I'm really glad that the gospel says, hears his voice instead of listens to his voice. <laughs> Because if I'm honest, I have to admit that my track record of listening to God's voice is inconsistent at best. There are so many other voices that have grabbed my attention, and many continue to. Listening to the voice of fear and self-loathing led me to drug and alcohol addiction. Listening to ambition and pride 
led me to stick with a job that was killing me. There are so many voices that compete with God's voice for attention. Voices that promise short-term satisfaction, but that quickly melt into the very pain that they promise to soothe. So the fact that Jesus came to me in my dreams, in a state in which I couldn't even listen to him if I wanted to, to me this is really good news. Because today's gospel doesn't say we are his sheep if we listen and follow perfectly the voice of Jesus. It says those who hear his voice are his, are his sheep. While I know I don't often listen and follow, I am certain that I hear. I am certain that the word of God is on my lips and in my heart even when I don't know it. You know, my midnight shout-out to Jesus demonstrates this in a funny way, but all the same. So I have to believe that this same voice that is whispering in my dreams is whispering in the dreams of all people, in every time and place. You know, this week we've had a lot of visitors, and uh, Brian's brother-in-law was here, and we were talking about this gospel, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, I totally believe that God speaks in our lives, but God doesn't speak English. <laughs> no, God doesn't speak English, but God's voice murmurs to us in the universal language of our deepest selves, the language that we all tap into when we close our eyes at night, when we surrender our ego and experience that unmanipulated truth of mystery. Mystery is the language of God. In the church, unfortunately, we often resort to using the word mystery for things we believe are unknowable. However, as the Catholic teacher Richard Rohr says, mystery is not that which is unknowable, but that which is endlessly knowable. So we never get to the point where we know it all. This is why I think Jesus says, you are not of my sheep, when he responds to the Judeans' question, how long will you keep us in, in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. The Judeans, they want faith to be clear and absolute. They are committed to a vision of God and the Messiah that is highly specific. The Messiah is Jewish, speaks Hebrew, and will come to create an eternal Jewish state. There is no room for mystery. God's plan is clear, they say. And just as I so often do, they listen to the voice that demands certainty and that God's ways must be like our ways. It's a voice that is in all of us. And when we demand that God's voice be limited to what we can understand, somehow God's voice always comes to resemble our own and those most like us. When we listen for certainty, there's always less and less room for others. But this is why we need forgiveness. We need forgiveness of that part of us that just can't hear that our wildest dream is actually true. That the dream of a universe completely suffused with love isn't a dream after all. Our wildest dream is God's reality. And it's where this whole world is moving. 
As our reading from Revelation reminds us, all of us, simultaneously sheep and not sheep, we will all come out of this great ordeal. The voice of the great shepherd will call us out from the great ordeal of being simultaneously sinner and saint, and we will all gather around the throne of God, and God will guide us to the springs of living water and will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and nothing will be able to snatch us from God's hand. Amen.